Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. All right, Ephesians 4, 11, 16. We'll smash this out. And then uh, this was our verse for six months last year. Just want to highlight it again. Then we'll talk about core values. Um, and it'll be really, really good. It'll be up on the screen. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, verse 14, then we will no longer be immature children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Verse 15, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more. Really good, like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. And verse 16, and finishing up, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing and full of love. Just a great scripture, great truth, um, a great explanation of how the church is set up so that we can think, live and love like Jesus. And if we're thinking, living and loving like Jesus, you know what's happening every day, everywhere. You're right. Heaven is coming to the earth. Really good. So I love it. I'm not going to go too much into the details of why Jesus wanted to set things up well, but he wanted to set things up well. Because he doesn't like to tease us. He wants to set us up really well. So he set his church up well, which we're in the process of taking our time with and establishing this model that he set up that would work. Different lenses, different mindsets, different ways of thinking and seeing in the church so that we can gather people and send them out and we can see heaven come to earth every day. Jesus was intentional. He loved explaining and setting up um, great beliefs and his whole ministry, that, that three and a half years of ministry when he gathered his disciples together was on purpose. He sent them out to do Um, the will of the Father, the works of the Father, the miracles of the Father, to announce that the kingdom is now at hand, meaning it is now within reach. The early church we knew grabbed a hold of that message, lived it, breathed it, believed it, and then applied it and saw the world turn upside down. Consequently, they were all martyred apart from one guy, John, who wasn't. But just an incredible story of them believing Jesus, being with Jesus, being consumed by Jesus, overwhelmed by the presence of God, encountering Him, praying, eating together, fellowshipping, being obsessed with church, and then going out and doing all the stuff and not just talking about it. And it was beautiful and it was amazing. But Jesus was super intentional early on in his first message on the mountainside. And he wanted to explain eight mindsets, eight core beliefs, eight attitudes, eight heart beliefs. And his mindset around that was, if you can get these things in you, then I can come on you and you can change the world. So I'm going to read Matthew We're going to talk a little bit about this and then we're going to talk more about core values and um, developing our personal archive. 
which I'm sure, no, I won't be smart. I'm, sh- I'm, sh- I'm sure we're all aware of. Um, hopefully, we're in the process of doing that. We spent a lot of time last year on it, but we want to be able to show up every day. And if, if we don't know who we are, we're not going to show up. It's as simple as that. So final scripture. <laughs> Matthew 5, 1 to 12. So just picture Jesus. They don't know anything yet. And he's just saying this is his first teaching. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, here are the eight core beliefs, core attitudes and, and mindsets. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons or daughters of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 11 and 12. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil because of me. Rejoice and be glad your reward is in heaven and it's great for in this same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed are the peacemakers. We saw this clearly with James and John. People didn't believe and, and they got a bit narky and they said, hey, Jesus, should we torch the city? Should we murder and burn alive the city? <laughs> it's just wild stuff, isn't it? Hey, Jesus, should we burn everyone? <laughs> hey, Jesus, they're not believing the message. We're demonstrating we're modelling, we're praying, we're, co- we're showing kindness. Should we burn them all? <laughs> Come on. We could, we could open this right up and it gets more stupid and way more funny every time. And Jesus is like, um, wow. <laughs> Remember that chat we had when, you, when I was sitting on the mountainside and I was sharing some core values about the kingdom and how if you can have these core values as a part of you and you believe them, um, you embrace them and, and you start applying them, then things will work. And it, it doesn't feel like you've actually embraced like number seven. Because blessed are the peacemakers. What does it say? For they will be called sons and daughters of God. Is that what it says? Yeah, that's what it says. Okay, cool. Um, let's put out the flames. And let's keep growing. Core values. Hey, this list was special. Are you ready for this list again? Oh, and if you love it, when you go, oh, wow, or, oh, that's good, or that one must have been Benjamin's, or, oh, that sounds like Justin's. So can you just, yeah, these are good. And then we're going to, I want to share a little bit about my life um, and where I'm at. Ah! Um, <laughs> with, <laughs> I'll lie down. And, um, and just talk, and someone can interview me, and I'll just share about my life. No, I'm great. I'm doing fine. <laughs> I'm fine. All right? I'm fine! Um, <laughs> imagine if I ran out and drove home. Oh, that'd be a cracker. How many would come back? Seriously. How, how many would come back? But then I'd go, you're the same. 
you're the same. You're just as messed up. All right, ready? If you've been here long enough, you know. Yep, great. Core values. If you're first time visiting, welcome. Um, <laughs> there's plenty of podcasts on there that, that paint the full picture of who we are and who I am. <laughs> just don't go like real. No, no, just kidding. Um, all right, ready, ready, ready. All right, all right, all right. There's one wheel off the track. There's three still on there, and we'll try and keep them there. Core values, big deal. A principle or belief that a person or an organisation views as being of central importance. These will be up on the screen. You ready for them? A principle or a belief that a person, that's you, or an organisation views as being of central importance. Every organisation will have differing core values and what matters to them. Core values. Core values are guiding principles that help us respond to circumstances. Core values help us define how we want to live our life. Core values create a foundation for how we want to respond to life. Mm, Like that. Core values are based on who we are and who we want to be. This one's a cracker. Core values help us decide how we want to be up front. Then whenever life throws uncertainty our way, we respond by saying, I've already made this choice. (laughs) I know what I believe. It's the next slide. I know what I believe, but my core values say, that I respond like this. Mm. Core values remind me of who I am and who I have chosen to be. They are things that are, oh, yep. They are things that are true. They are things that are true before, during, and after circumstances. (laughs) Wow. They are things that are true before and after circumstances. Why is this important? Core values help define who we are and what we are about. Core values help us consistently live out who we are. Core values help us navigate conflict and help communicate. Core values are a thermostat. They are not a thermometer. They set the temperature. And just finally, core values are the fuel for us to be Intentional. So core values versus scripture. I'll say it again. Core values versus scripture. All scriptures God breathed, we value it all. It's all great. There's what God said and what God is saying even in the scriptures. We value it all. So you, for you to just say, oh yeah, my core values are all the scriptures. Mm. For you to, let's not mistake in core values for high values. Let's not mistake in core values for I value His Word and all of it, and it's all good, and I and I live by it. It helps me. It it helps every area of my life. But let's not mistake that you are wired uniquely, precisely, on purpose, with a different way of thinking, seeing, and living 
And you've got deep things in you that matter to you, whether you know them or not. There are things that you do, there are ways that you think, there are ways that you act, there are ways that you respond that are all part of his wiring of you. And whether you realise it or not, you have a set of values that mean a lot to you. Often in conflict, I love what Tom and Leslie Crandall said last year, you'll remember it well when they spoke about brave communication, they said often conflict is a result of our core values bumping into each other. Really good, isn't it? Because we've got a set of values that mean something. I've got this whole world, and again, this is not... We've got to grow and be shown a mirror. It's not just, this is my whole world and this is who I am, deal with it. No, no, that's weird. And their walls, there's no door there for someone else to come in and go, hey, how you're set up and how you're living, you're hurting a lot of people. But all of you will have a different way of viewing and living and loving and seeing. So often conflict is when our core values bump into each other because that mattered to you, but this matters to me. And there's a difference in the middle. And we bumped into each other because we're both passionate and there's things that matter to us. So knowing them is, is just great self-awareness, great understanding so that you can be present in the moment to moment so that you can do authentic relationships really, really well so that you can live present, so that you can live confidently, so that you can show up. I want to show up. I want to get out of bed on purpose, whether it takes an hour or not. I want to live the day on purpose. Does it mean every single day I'm on all the time? Of course not. Let's not pretend that that's happening. But more often than not, I want to live on purpose, motivated, enthusiastic, because I know who I am. I want to know how I'm going to respond to situations. I don't want to be caught off guard. Will we be caught off guard? Yes. But the more we understand how we're put together and wired, how we can write a little start list, write a list of what matters to us and go on a journey to discover them, when circumstances come, we already know who we are and who we want to be. So that when life throws stuff at us, we know who we've decided to be already. Core values are a part of us already. They are deeply personal. They are inside us whether we know it or not. They bring passion to us. They cause us to have strong conviction. And if we're not aware of them, we just need to dig a little because we have them and we're operating in them all the time, whether we know them or not. I honestly think, and including my life, um, that one of my greatest obstacles and challenges, and I think for the church, one of the greatest obstacles and challenges is, is this intentionality deal. Is this... Motivate, being motivated, this intentionality, this taking ownership of my life, of, of growing. And I think I can speak on my part and maybe yours, but I, I just think we're winging it too much. Isn't it like we're winging it? We're just seeing how it goes and we wonder why we, a lot of the time we're frustrated, there's chaos, it's frantic, there's exhaustion, and it feels like we're just playing catch-up. Does, does, does that make sense? Some? But I'm like, that's not our portion. 
Like living on purpose is our portion, not living for pleasure, but living for purpose, which brings pleasure. And I feel like the Lord just wants to just say, hey, I wired you for a reason. I didn't create you to, to, just, to, to do the nine to five, the kids stuff, the husband and wife stuff, the friendship stuff, the, the franticness, the not sure why you're wired, the, the questions. The, I didn't wire you for that. I wired you for peace and joy in believing so that you'd be filled with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And even when trials come, you can exalt in trials because they're proving character and you're getting an upgrade. I want to take you up higher. Revelation. Jesus said to John, John fell down as though dead. And Jesus said, come up here so that I can show you things that must take place. I feel like the Lord's saying to us, come up here so I can remind you of how I've wired you. There are reasons why you're frustrated. It's because you haven't articulated, identified and defined who you are. The more you can understand how you're wired, the more you can celebrate you. The more you can celebrate you, the more you can celebrate others. You won't be able to celebrate others and and see the gold in other people if you've forgotten to check the gold in yourself. Our ability to love is determined by our ability to see and love ourselves. So if we don't know how we're wired and we're just winging it, it's going to be a yo-yo life. But He's so good and so great and so kind and so for us. Wow. He's just... He's just made a, a new and living way through his body so that we can connect with the, the one. Encounters, experiences. Aren't you thankful that doctrine and theology leads to experiences and encounters? Aren't you grateful that his presence is in us forever? Wow. So I felt the Lord on that we're, we need to, I need to, we need to, as a, community, develop a personal archive. We've got to be aware of the promises of the Lord. Yes, we've got to be aware of the prophecies that He's made over us. But I believe that He wants us to develop a personal archive so that we know who we are. We can get weird with this, of course. And and, and it becomes robotical and clinical and just facts on a piece of paper. But I feel like he wants us to know how we're wired uniquely and deeply. And if we don't discover these core values, these things that are inside of us, we are going to struggle and wonder. Things like love languages. Just briefly touch on these. If we don't actually know how we receive love, it's hard. Really hard. They just miss. Oh, I thought you loved that. No, no, this is how I feel loved. Gifts with monetary high value. I mean, I feel more loved over 100. Um, under 100, it's like, like, but no. Nah. But understanding how we're wired, like words of affirmation. Like the other day I came in the house and Lee said, hey, how are you? Like really positive. And again, we could, I could spend 10 minutes and do a funny funny thing here, but I'm trying to be serious. But I walked in the door and I'm like, love, feel, feel loved. Like just wow, tank full. Just wow, amazing. Love it. Like little, little gifts, like this is how I'm white. I, I didn't make it up. And Lee can go, yeah, yeah, okay, gifts, good one. Um, 
yeah, of course you'd be the gifts love language. But I'm like, no, no, I, I, when, when someone buys me something, whether it's made, whatever, or um, bought, but whether there's, when there's intentionality and purpose behind it, it's saying to me, I see you and I love you. And, and, that, and, and then is it my job to treat other people gifts and um, words of affirmation? We often do that, but that's like, no, 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 no. Ask them. So we go on a journey and go, hey, what is yours? So that's what we're doing at the moment with our leaders, small group leaders. And we did that last year in our groups. We're going through it. Who are you? How do you receive love? Because you were born to be loved and seen and valued. But we can't play the guessing game. So we've got to communicate clearly. This is what I need from this relationship. I feel loved when you do this. Amazing, because I want to show you love. I don't want to guess. So we go on a journey. This is a massive deal. The amount of um, conversations I've had with my mates about love languages is phenomenal. And then just talking about the missing. And they're stunned. And I'm saying, hey, read, keep your love on. It's amazing. But again, fivefold ministry. You were wired to fit in one of these categories. Every one of these... Um, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Every one of them has levels and layers. And even if you're prophetic in nature, the person next to you could be prophetic in nature and you're both different, but still that's how you're wired. It's vast, it's deep, it's wide, it's amazing. But you see a certain way. And if you don't know how you see, you'll often wonder where you fit. That's why we're doing lots of work behind the scenes, small group leaders, praying. Everything happens in small groups. That's how everything's happening. This is, everything's going to happen in small groups. Development, encouragement, pastoral care, spiritual growth, meals, support. Everything happens in small groups. They're little churches with amazing leaders. Discovering this is going to cause you to come alive because you were born on purpose, not to just claim some promises, pray, worship, come to church and just not know who you are. Often we just push it all into spiritual and we don't be intentional and discover who I am. And we forget the whole soul area and the emotional health area and wonder why things aren't working. And you can shakata all day long. Temperament, how you're wired. Again, this is not to box you in. But if you don't have any understanding, you're just going to leave a trail of debris I love the Holy Spirit. I mean, Lee, I love her in my life. Hey, can I show you a mirror? Oh, no. I know I look amazing. <laughs> I mean, have a look at the lavender <laughs> um, or the violet. But I, I don't like it when she says, can I show you a mirror? Because we, we've spoken about this a lot. We have to have people in our lives that you've on purpose asked to speak in. Or we're just cooked. No growth ever. Oh, I just didn't say that. Of course, there'd be a little bit of growth. But the fullness of growth comes with feedback. Jesus did it all the time with his disciples. Hey, can I show you a mirror? God gave himself feedback, creation. It's good. Wow. Like he, this, is, this is really important. Temperament. It's a person's nature, especially as it permanently, permanently affects their behavior. Temperament. Love language, fivefold ministry, temperament. Let's go down and look at... Um, so love language, mind's gift and words of affirmation. My fivefold, my two bents are apostolic and prophetic. 
they're my bents. It's how I see. Yours might be different, and that's amazing, but they're my bents. That's what I burn for. Every prophetic word has been around those two things. And it's just, it's just life when someone starts to speak about it or in it. And again, it's going to look different for you if, if you're that way inclined as well. But knowing it allows, me, allows us to show up. It's been the greatest thing in freedom over the last three years is knowing that and being okay. That we've just had a weird perception of what a pastor is in a church. The pastor is not the senior leader. The pastor is the people, the, 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 the connection, the encouragement, the support, the life on life. We can do that with a church of 20 maybe. But the freedom that comes when it's like, oh, no, no, how are you wired? How are you wired? How are you wired? Can we bring together and see this all start to establish? And the life that comes, wow, I think I, think I can survive this. I think I can keep going because I'm understanding who I am and how I'm wired. And there's freedom that comes from that without being feeling guilty or ashamed and trying to just please people. So good. Love languages, fivefold, temperament. I'm sanguine and choleric. Do you want to hear a little uh, few strengths and weaknesses of uh, sanguine and choleric? See if this is me. Don't judge me. Um, so sanguine choleric, I need to know this and I need to know the strengths and the weaknesses so I can show up. So that I can live heaven to earth every day, but also so I don't just hurt people. I need to know the strengths and weaknesses. I need to work on them. I need to get better at the strengths and lessen the weaknesses because I don't want to go around hurting people. And again, if I, if I don't know that I'm hurting people, I don't know. So if no one communicates it to me, I have to presume that every single person adores me. I, I have to. Is that fair enough? Because if I didn't, I'd go, around, I'd, I'd go insane. So I must presume every person in the room adores me unless you've spoken to me. I mean, I'm just being super serious. It's funny, and I could turn it funny, and everyone would be roaring laughing. But no, I'm just serious. Like, I've got, to, I've got to presume that everybody loves me, unless you've spoken to me. Because I want to work on myself. I want to show up. Weaknesses of a sanguine, emotional. Weaknesses of a sanguine, emotional and demonstrative. Wrong. No. You ready? The sanguine's major weakness is that they adopt severe and destructive behaviour. This person, this person will just settle down, Lee. This person will volunteer for difficult tasks and they can and will complete the project so long as their ego is being fed. Not about that. Um, that's cool. All right, um, all right, let's go. All right, I'm just going to go into here. So I'll just read a little bit. So strengths of, of, um, strength of sanguine, like appealing personality, life of the party, <laughs> talkative, storyteller, good sense of humour, holds on to listeners, emotional demonstrative. Oh, that's, not, that's, not, that's a weakness, isn't it? Um, <laughs> cheerful, bubbling over, loves people. Not me. Um, makes friends easily, realist, great salespeople, entertaining, optimistic, tender and compassionate, energetic, likes spontaneous activities. Anyway, apologises quickly. That's good. All right, it's weakness of a sanguine, compulsive talker, has a loud voice and laugh, <laughs> too happy for some, exaggerates, elaborates, dwells on 
um, trivial things, can't remember names, egotistical, has restless energy, (laughs) Um, gets angry easily, Um, controlled by circumstances, Um, very loud, boisterous, disorganised, sloppy housekeepers, has trouble listening, can't relax, always on the go, doesn't follow through. Ah! All right, um, end. Delete, delete. But we've got to know, guys. Like, we've got to know. Again, if you get stuck in this list, you fall apart. So you've got to have people around you that are for you. Promises and prophecies about who you are. Encounters with God, putting worship on, praying, reading, hanging out with believers, reminding yourself, listen to podcasts of other perspectives and ministries. Like, but knowing this as well, because I want to grow. I don't want to stay where I am. I want to increase strength to strength, faith to faith, glory to glory. I won't keep going. I could, and it would be so good, but I'm not going to keep going. But the why statement, some of us did it. This is important to us. My why statement is to pioneer new ways of seeing and thinking so that people come alive and culture is transformed. That's my why statement. That's the reason and purpose for my existence. It sums it up beautifully. I receive love by gifts and words of affirmation. I'm apostolic and prophetic. Do I value the others? Yeah. Temperament, I'm sanguine, choleric. I know that. I know the strengths and weaknesses, and I'm working on them. I know my why statement. We spent months on it and money on it and took time to identify it. It was a deep process, and it helped to pioneer new ways of thinking and seeing so that people come alive and culture's transformed. And then we go down into core values. My core values are encouragement, generosity, nothing is impossible, humour, joy and fun. Those four. This is important for you, us to know, for you to know. What are your core values? What matters to you? Because when we identify our core values, it allows us to show up moment to moment. We can have the big picture stuff sorted. Yes, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. It's amazing you can quote that scripture. But do you know how detailed and how on purpose you are fearfully and wonderfully made? How are you put together? Do you know this list? When you know this list, we can show up every day. We know how we respond. Becoming aware of our core values is imperative for us to truly show up. And you can add having mothers and fathers speaking into your life. That's critical. I just, want to, I just want to share a little bit about how these show up in my life. Is that okay? And then we'll close it out. Generosity. Um, is that the first one? No, let's just make it the first one. Generosity, encouragement, nothing is impossible, and humour, joy, and fun. And again, these were in me before I knew they were in me. I lived in and out of them, even though I didn't know. And I went on a journey, and we were over at Bethel, to work through them. And then I showed people, hey, how does this feel? How does this feel? They're like, hmm, seems like more of a high value because I've never seen you live that. I'm like, okay, cool. All right, well, maybe it'll become a core value now, but let's just, maybe I need to grow in it. Maybe I need to spend some time pondering, Holy Spirit come in, whatever. And then just go on it, let's go on a journey. So I did that. And these felt really good. Checked them around with everyone. And again, we're not 100 out of 100 every time in each one of them. But more often than not, this is who I Am. Generosity. It show, um, so let's just look at restaurants and blessing people. Good examples of generosity. Um, so tipping, paying for people's meals, buying presents, paying for things. That's just my go-to. 
I highly value it. It's a core value. It's the first thing I think of whenever money is around, that I just want to do it. And I've got to look at the weakness of that is like, yeah, um, if I can't do it sometimes, if we're on a budget, like, am I okay? Those sort of things. Am I violating it or am I being wise? So there's always times that you've got to check in. It's just not, no, I'm doing it, going to debt. No, no, no. You can be generous but stupid or unwise. <laughs> when is it challenged? So again, core values are always challenged because you've decided who you want to be up front. During, uh, before, during, and after circumstances. They're meant to be unshakable, non-negotiables in your life that you can make great choices and decisions with and be you all the time. Again, these are in you and they take a little bit of time to getting out. But when, it, when is generosity challenged? When I get poor service or when my bank account's low? That's when it's challenging. And I've got to just be aware. This is a core value of mine. How can I navigate this without um, stumbling over these two things? because their poor service doesn't dictate my generosity because I always tip, even if they throw food at me. Like I'm just going to tip because I'm a person of honour and it's a core value to be generous. And they're not who they, what they do, they're, they are who they are. So I treat them according to who they are, not because they, they threw lasagna on me. When I get poor service, when my bank account's low, that's when it's challenged. Okay, encouragement. I mean, if Tash, could you jump up? Thank you. All types of people, encouragement, just spread out. Um, telling them who they are to me, attributes, strength, and their personality, okay? I mean, I'm involved in, like, whether it's social media, through connections, sporting clubs, organisations, church, like, you know, we're all involved, like maybe 500 people's lives, minimum. That Some people, yes, some people, no. There's just... Just engaging. There's lots of engagement. So I mean, to even just say 200, there'd be regularly 200 people that I'm just just con- like in a month, just connecting with, talking with. So I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not messaging them every day. But encouragement's a core value. When is it challenged? When people think different to me? When they annoy me, frustrate me? When I'm busy or they hurt me? It's challenging. So what do I do? This is who I am. So I've got to spend some time, Holy Spirit. I need your help here. Wow, remind me of who I am. Remind me of who they are. Encouragement is a core value. Remind me of who you are to me, God. I hope this is helping. Nothing is impossible. Thinking big, beyond, higher, larger, wider than the natural. This is probably my highest core value. I'm just wired this way. Whenever there's an impossibility or something that's happened that, that hurts people, whether it's physical or there's an obstacle or there's a barrier or a blockage, I do not think natural, ever. Like, I just don't think natural. I don't think, hear me out, I don't think wisdom. I don't think a natural step process. I, I, my, my, my spirit, heart, mind, whatever you want to um, use as an example, they don't go there. And that is an elite, this is an elite, isn't it? Oh, I'm up here. No, this is just how I'm wired. So when anyone shares anything with me, like Lee said the other day, like Moy's arm was sore um, and she couldn't lift it. And like, it's like, did you pray for her? Because like, yeah, like when we pray, there's going to be change every time. So I'm like, that's just in me. So did you pray for her? Did you pray for her? Hey, did you pray for him? Can you ring him up right now and pray for him? 
one of our staff members told me about something. You should pray. No. Hey, can you ring him up and pray? That's who we are. It's a high value, maybe for the staff, to core value for me. We still got to value it, but it might just be not what you burn on. Yours might be gifts and mercy, those edification gifts in Romans, like helping people, mercy, encouragement, works, service, administration, like what burns within you. He's called you to show up. When is nothing is impossible? When is that challenged? When is that core value challenged? When I allow the problem to become bigger than the solution. When my what ifs become negative, bad belief and busyness. It's when it's challenged. And just finally, humour, joy and fun. This does not mean that wisdom, depth, sensitivity and empathy aren't present. It means that I just have a high value for humour, fun and joy and mucking around. I love it. I love making people laugh. I love, I love bringing joy. I, I, love, I love being silly. I, it's just who I am in all circumstances, no matter who I'm meeting with. It's because it's a core value of mine. I'll bring it into nearly every environment that I'm in. When is it challenged? When my attitude or when it's a stinky atmosphere, I wrote here. That's like something we say to the kids. When it's a stinky atmosphere or I'm in a mood, it's challenged. But I've got to remind myself of who I am. Can we stand to our feet? Core values are the pillars in our life that facilitate who we are and who we want to be. Because we can talk all day long about who God is, the nature and character of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, worship, prayer. Bible, all the stuff which we teach on, we activate Him. We spend 30 to 45 minutes in worship every single week. We each spend time with the Lord, some days, most days. We're actively pursuing Him. We know who He is. We know what He's about. We know what He has for us. We've got prophecies over us. We've got testimonies. We've got promises that the Word has said that is our portion. We've got all of those things. It's the big picture, it's the day-to-day, it's the present reality of who He is to us and who we are to Him. But if we don't partner all of that high picture, glory, spiritual realm, um, Christian belief with the intentionality, when we do that, when we partner with it, fruit, life, abundance. And you come alive. So thanks God that your heart, your passion is to see us come alive. Your passion is to watch your kids discover who they are. I've got great plans and ambitions and expectations for my kids and I'm loving the process of them discovering who they are. Yeah, thanks God that you did this on purpose. That you put me together on purpose. You see me and you love me and you've wired me. Holy Spirit, help me discover these values that are in me. That help me navigate conflict. That help me communicate. That help me respond to circumstances. That help me respond when someone challenges me. And the other full list, God, I thank You, God, that You are working these things. You're reminding us, You're revealing 
how we are put together so that we can celebrate how you put us together on purpose.